Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into what... Let me restart that. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into what makes me mad. I didn't have the uh, thing, uh, uh, the microphone on for the radio station. So on the podcast, that's going to sound a little weird. But welcome into what makes me mad. I'm Callahan Steed. Just me today. It's always weird. I feel like one week I have someone on and then the next week I don't have anyone on. But that's okay. I got a lot of stuff to discuss that makes me mad this week and so I'm ready to get into it also too I don't know why uh for the radio station it is on hip-hop hump day I heard that was something that one of the kids must have did and they don't know how to change it back or something like that so it should not have been playing hip-hop music hip-hop's only for Wednesdays and I think Saturdays too I don't know but uh yeah so I don't know who messed that up was that me, though? That's why I just stick with the What Makes Me Mad episode, so that way I don't mess any of that up. And Yeah, I'm ready to get into it, though. I'm ready to describe what makes me mad this week. So here we go. One of the things that makes me mad is I'm going to get right into it. Uh, John Legend was named Sexiest Man of the Year, uh, which is a, which I understand. John Legend, very handsome dude. I, I'd... I, I understand that decision, but I feel like there are some other people that I know that are more handsome than John Legend. For example, I know a guy named Kirk Larson. He is a hunksicle. I would put him over John Legend as Sexiest Man of the Year. Uh, Xander Feebeg, he's a lot more handsomer than John Legend in my opinion. Uh, Jacob Zwig, shout out to Wu-Tang Forever. He's a lot more handsomer than John Legend, in my opinion. Noah Rickman? Yeah, no, 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 no. I, I won't go too far with Ricky. I think Ricky is uh, below John Legend. Still handsome, but not as handsome as John Legend. But there, I just named some guys that I feel are more handsome than John Legend. So I think that's just, you can't just pick one guy as the sexiest guy of the year. Like, mm-mm. Kirk Larson will clearly give you a run for your money on that. And all the other guys that I named off. But anyway, I saw that and I was like, really? He's the sexiest man? I don't know. I feel like they're another, they're another dude. There are more dudes out there. And I, I don't know. I feel like he's probably won it before, too. And I feel like she kind of bounced around. Oh, that guy that uh, played uh, Aquaman. I feel like he should have got it. Uh, Jason uh, Monet or whatever his last name is. He, He's a handsome dude. I think he should have got sexiest guy of the year. But I, I don't know. I don't know who votes on that stuff. That would be kind of funny, though. Like, can you imagine that being your job? You just vote on the sexiest guy of the year? Yeah, just, well, what do you do? I'm a, I'm a pharmacist. I'm a doctor. Oh, I vote for the sexiest guy of the year. Man, that'd be, that'd be a fun job. Just look at, just be like, man, is this dude handsome enough to move on to the next round? I think so. And another thing that makes me mad at tying into people look handsome and stuff. I understand that, like, dressing nice is uh, can definitely make you look a lot more handsome, but uh, I really don't like it when I see people dressed up on campus a lot. And especially if you go to Highland Hall, where, like, you have all the business and accounting people at, man, all them dudes are in suits. Everyone's all dressed up over there, and then it's like you come over to Heidi or wherever just everyone else is just chill about what they're dressing up in and you know 
I got blue jeans and a Packers shirt on today, and I think that looks better than normal for me. But then you got these people out there in three-piece suits, and it's like, one, who are you trying to impress? Two, where did you get that money for the three-piece suit? I know we have, like, the Warhawk Success Center closet on campus, but mm-mm. I know for a fact you just didn't go in there and get that nice of a suit. Nah, that that's mommy and daddy money right there, but I, every time I got to go to Highland, because I have a class for Mondays and Wednesdays at uh, 4 in Highland, so I got to walk over there and see a, every time I see a bunch of dudes walking around in suits, and it's just like, Man, you're college kids. Why can't you just show up in sweats and a sweatshirt? Like, that's considered normal. But I don't get it. I saw every time Every time I see that, I'm just like, man. Like, I, me, I don't even wear suits. I hope I don't ever have to wear a suit. Like, a suit is reserved for, like, a funeral, a wedding, maybe a job interview. But other than that, like, you don't need a suit. So you don't need to dress up super nice to do your job. Like, give me some khakis and a nice sweater or something or a flannel. That's good enough in my opinion. And guess what? I'll still get the job done. Maybe even better than those dudes that are out there wearing those three-piece suits and all that. Because I don't waste my time playing dress-up. Man, I, every time, every time I go over there, I'm like, man, who are you trying to impress? Who are you trying to seek attention to? And another thing that makes me mad is people who seek attention, but then they act like they don't want it. And this goes out to some people that I have on Snapchat or Instagram that clearly want attention, and they do like the ask me something thing it's on either Snapchat or Instagram, and people ask them questions. Uh, or, like, you know, they're trying to be flirty or whatever. And then, like, people respond back trying to be flirty. And then all of a sudden, they don't want that attention. It's just like, again, I have stated earlier on this show that what you should do is if you want a certain guy's attention, you go uh, talk to that guy like like a normal person would. You hit them up on their own. You don't have to do all this. I'm seeking all this attention from people that maybe he'll notice me. Nah, just simply ask him, how, how are you doing? Like, that's all that you got to do. Just, how you doing? And then maybe they'll start talking to you. But it just makes me mad when it's like they lead on, like, all these other people. And it's just like, it, like, you clearly want attention. Like, I think every time I see, like, those people that are, like, ask me something or they post like a really like racy pic or something and then like they're all of a sudden like oh i don't want attention from you and it's just like listen you don't deserve like people that like some of like the comments they put on there but it's like you know that you're gonna get some bad either comments or people trying to flirt with you and it's just like just ignore it that's all that you gotta do i tried that one time when someone had like an ask me something so I, uh, or like, oh, it was like a, either a truth is or a rate or something like that. It was like swipe up for an emoji rate or something like that. And that, that's happened to me where I'll just swipe up. Just it's like, Hey, I'll see what they say. And they don't respond. It's like, I'd rather have that than them be like, Oh no, I don't want the clout. And it's like, no, you clearly want attention. And it's just like, I hate it how it's all pick and choosy. And it's just like, why?
had to get some water. I was giving out all these fiery hot takes. Another thing that makes me mad is I've noticed that uh, Heidi Hall, for some reason, likes to lock one of the doors. I don't know if it locks or if it's just sticky, uh, but and nothing's worse than having a whole crowd of people behind you and you're trying to get into Heidi, and then you go to open up the door, and then for some reason it's locked, and then you look like an idiot, so then you have to quickly go to the next door and get in. It's like, why? Why does it got to be like that? Hey, you want to know what else makes me bad, too, about Heidi? I was in a Heidi Hall a couple weeks ago, and I used the restroom, washed my hands. There was no paper towels. That was frustrating, so I had to just air dry my hands. But it's like, how do you run out of paper towels? Like, I understand, check them probably before school starts, and then maybe check them once during the day, but it's 5 o'clock. Like, I can understand maybe if it was, like, 9 o'clock or something, but, like, there's probably still going to be a bunch of classes going on. And it's like, in the meantime, my hands are wet. What am I going to do with them? Am I just going to go down to the next floor or go up a floor and use that in there? And I obviously can't go into the girls' restroom and try to grab some paper towel in there. That that made me mad. And I was like, why are we out of paper towel? And another thing that made me mad uh, during that time as well, too, the United States men's national team. Them and their organization. Around that time, too, they had lost to Canada in Canada. And this is what frustrates me, and it's probably the what in it, why in God's green earth segment that uh, I think is going to be this week. So why in God's green earth is the United States soccer organization still keeping Greg Berhalter as their head coach? I have never seen an organization so content with mediocrity. Well, maybe the Bengals. The Cincinnati Bengals enjoy mediocrity. But anyway, the United States men's national team frustrates me so much. All right, and I'm going to be honest. I was on the fire Jurgen Klinsmann bandwagon after we got the brake speed off us by Costa Rica and just things clearly weren't working out. But that man was up to something. He knew how to develop young players and go with young players and realizing that some of the old guys just weren't cutting it anymore. So then we hired Bruce Arena. And I'm not going to lie, too. I was like, all right, let's see what this guy can do. He had some success with us before. Let's see what he can do. Starts off good, goes down, gets us a draw at Azteca, uh, which is a really crazy place to play. And so it's like, all right, maybe we got things turning up. And then just after that, wheels fell off. We missed the World Cup because we can't beat Trinidad and Tobago. Not even get a draw from them, guys. No, we get a lose by a goal. Just can't even, how do you not want to beat Trinidad, but also, too, just get a draw against them. But anyway, so all that happens. Looks like we're going to clean house. We fire Arena. Maybe some changes are going up top, right? Then we hire Greg Berhalter. And again, you know, I'm just patient. I'm like, all right, let's see what this guy can do. Uh, Another MLS coach like Arena. And starts off winning some games, but it's like, you know, we don't look that impressive. And it's like... Then we go out and play Mexico, uh, get the break speed off us by Mexico, and then uh, played them in the Gold Cup as well, too, lost in that. And so I was like, you know, we this guy should be walking on thin ice. Uh, and then sure enough, comes out, loses to Canada in Canada, 2 nothing. Then boys clearly weren't ready to play. And so 
thinking, all right, maybe this is it. We'll just cut our losses and then maybe just go with it. And nope, not only that comes out, uh, I forget who came out with it, but also too, his brother is also like one of the key guys in charge of like Jay Burhalter is uh, in charge of the U.S. organization. And so, you know, something fishy's going on up there. Like that is nepotism at its finest. So if anyone doesn't know what nepotism is, that's like when you uh, are able to uh, get ahead because of your family situation. That's pretty much what Greg Berhalter is doing. He's just coasting off his brother being in a higher power. And so they lose to Canada. And so obviously everyone you that's loyal to the United States men's national team is up in arms for good reason. Uh, because you would think, you know, in the past two years, hey, we would make some progress from Trinidad and Tobago, but it, no, we uh, just lost to Canada. So clearly, any little success that we were having, gone. Then it comes out, uh, press conference, and they're happy with the progress that they're making. And it's like, what progress are we making? Our average, the average teams that we beat, that so far Burhalter has beaten has like a FIFA rating of like 89 out of 120. So yay, we're beating up on all these lower tier countries. Yay, we beat Cuba. Wow, we beat Canada at home. Revenge tour season. It's like, no, that's what I expect from you guys because we're one of the largest nations on the planet and we should be growing in soccer and getting better. But no, it's like, oh, revenge tour season. It's like, Man, that's not something to be happy about. We only beat Canada three to one at home or four to one. And it's like should be be beating them, dudes, six or seven, eight nothing. It's like this is why we're not going to be a good program. We have all these young guys too. Christian Pulisic tearing up the Premier League right now. Weston McKinney is going to be a great midfielder. So Pulisic's twenty one. Uh, McKinney's twenty, I believe. You have Josh Sargent, who's eighteen, could be a next forward for the next decade. And then you have all these other guys. The backfield, I think, is like the best part about it. Like, So you have Zach Stefan in goal. He looks good. DeAndre Yedlin is finally back from injury. John Brooks looks like he's getting healthy. Uh, Tim, or not Tim Ream. Tim Ream's not that good. Aaron Long is the guy I was thinking of. And then uh, you get Sergio Dest choosing the United States over the Netherlands, and he's playing with Ajax right now. And so you think... With all these young guys, we're going to start churning over some wins, right? No, it's like we have Greg Berhalter in charge, and we have a mediocre MLS head coach who coaches in a mediocre league. i like to see the MLS try to get better, but it is what it is. It's an okay league, but so we bring him up from there, and then he plays mediocre talent like Jazzy Zardes or Will Trapp, Tim Ream, Daniel Lovitz, and it's just like... This team's not going to go anywhere, and it is so frustrating because you look at the other side of the spectrum at the U.S. women's national team just coming off a World Cup victory. They're, what, fourth? How many do we have? Zero? So they have four. Their coach retires, and you're like, all right, let's see what they do. And now they're smart. They go out and find the best person. What do we do? Yeah, we'll just try another MLS coach. So that's probably what's going to happen. We're probably going to miss out on World Cup qualifying again or something like that. And then they'll be like, hmm, all right, Burhalter's not working out. We should probably get rid of him. 
I know, we'll bring in another MLS head coach. And it's like, you have Tab Ramos just, Tab Ramos just sitting right there coaching the U19s, I believe. He's pretty solid. God, you can go get the guy that just got fired from Tottenham. And it's like, go get him. But nope. We settle with uh, Greg Berhalter. I love being a United States men's national team fan so much. All that potential talent just seems like it's going to get wasted. Because we'd rather choose profits and mediocrity over actual success. Because I feel like actual success could lead to profits. But no, we're, we're just happy where we're at. We're making good progress. You know, we're beating teams like Jamaica... Haiti, Honduras, yay, we almost won the Gold Cup. We lost to Mexico's B team. And then we get absolutely... That team frustrates me so much. Another thing that frustrates me a lot, coming back to college, uh, people who do PDA in college. Uh, I don't know why I'm yawning, but... uh, People that hold hands... I've seen people holding hands recently... Uh, walking to class, uh, I've seen, and it's like, uh, isn't that, like, don't we just leave that in high school? Like, why why is PDA starting to come back in college? Like, no, that's just a high school thing, because you're trying to show everyone how lovey-dovey you are. College, people don't care. People do not care about your relationship. And it makes me mad. Because it's like, man, just do that in your alone time. Like, don't try to show, like, how lovey-dovey you are to me. And it's like, man, no one cares. Just, I saw I saw that, again, in Highland Hall. I'm starting to get frustrated going to that building. A lot of things are there that I'm just like, I don't know about that. Another thing uh, that makes me mad, uh, I've been seeing a AP Top 25 poll came out for college football. And I don't know why, but Michigan's getting ranked ahead of Wisconsin still. And it's like... I know, you're trying to set up this uh, 2 versus 10 battle, Michigan, Ohio State, you know, it's one of the, it's the game, you know, and I really like, I, I'm excited because I'm going to get to watch that game, it sounds like, uh, when they play on Saturday, but it's like, Michigan should not be ranked ahead of Wisconsin, because one, Wisconsin beat the absolute breaks off them boys up at Madison the beginning of the year. And then, I believe Michigan's got... So, they have the same amount of losses, and granted, losing to Illinois is not as good. Because, I mean, Michigan's losses aren't bad, but, like, Michigan, like, got that break speed off them by us, and then they went to Penn State. First half didn't look good. Second half, they looked a lot better. They probably should have won that game, too, if that wide receiver was able to catch that ball in the end zone. But... Uh, yeah, and then all of a sudden, seeing AP Top 25 come out, and it's like Michigan past two weeks has been ahead of Wisconsin. So granted, those really don't matter. The only thing that matters is college football rankings, but it's like, and I mean, this could also alter too. I mean, they beat Ohio State, then yeah, they're most like, then they deserve to be ahead of us. But like, and if they lose, then they will obviously take a back seat to Wisconsin. But man, it's just like some of the... Some of the things I see, it's just like, I don't get it. And it's just like, I'm going to see Alabama probably in it again for the college football playoff. Um, so I'm really, 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 really hoping that Auburn 
is able to beat Alabama and their backup quarterback. Because I don't want to see a backup quarterback. I mean, we don't know what this kid is like. He only played against, God, they played Western Carolina, which is another thing that makes me mad. Stop scheduling uh, very weak teams in the middle of November when you should be in the middle of your conference play. The SEC does that all the time, and it's beyond frustrating. And it's just like, no, schedule those beginning of the year as tune-up games, not right in the middle of the year. Call yourselves the toughest conference in the nation. How about play the, your so-called toughest teams? Meanwhile, that conference has Vanderbilt, Kentucky, South Carolina, Mississippi State, Ole Miss. I think Texas A&M is really overrated. Auburn's not that great as they seem. They have a really great defense, but their offense is... Uh, who else do they have in there? Uh, I feel like there's one other team in there that has a really bad record. Oh, Tennessee. There we go. So that's six... There are eight teams that I have named in the conference. Six of them are pretty sure I'm below 500. Missouri's not that great. But, no, that's the so-called toughest conference. Yeah, that, like, top four that you have is really good. LSU, Georgia, Alabama. And then Florida's pretty solid, too. Um, They weren't with Felipe Franks, but then when Franks went down, I feel like they got better. But those, those are four tough teams. I'll definitely give them that. But then after that, like, it, it just falls out. Auburn's all right. And like, but like Texas A&M, Auburn and Texas A&M are all right. So like, that's like three different tiers in that division. And people act like, oh my God, it's so tough. Yeah, it used to be tough in like 2012, 2013, but it died on 2014. And that was the day that Ohio State beat Bama in the championship, for, or in the playoff first round, knocking them boys out. Yeah, that was a good sight to see. That was a good New Year's Day. That was when the Big Ten stuck its claim as one of the best conferences because it had been down for a while. And Wisconsin beat Auburn in a game that wasn't supposed to be close and favored Auburn heavily. Michigan State beat Baylor. Man, what a day for the Big Ten. And the SEC West, which is considered such a hard conference, and all them teams were losing. Man, it was what a great time. Man, I love college football. Anyway, I'm just trying to think of anything else that makes me mad off the top of my head. But, uh... Ooh, one of the things... Also, too, uh, one of the things that was making me mad for college football this week was watching the game, and it was uh, Tim Brando and Spencer Tillman were on commentary. And normally, those guys aren't bad. I don't mind them. And once again, I understand that you're... Like, not every game's going to get the best announcers. Like, the best announcers go to the best game, which is fine. But, like, so just especially with the, like, and I think Brando's fine at basketball, but, like, football, I don't know. It's so, um, Brando and Tillman were just getting out on the refs, thinking that they were missing a lot of calls. And granted, they did miss some. They should have got Jake Ferguson on a trip on that interception return. But, like, they were, like, there's two, like, pass interference calls that were very ticky-tacky. It was one of those deals they were playing for the ball. They kind of had their hand on the back. I mean, could have went either way, but they are acting like it was a clear definition of pass interference. And finally, one dude on Twitter I was talking to a little bit was just like, man, this this is an insufferable announcing pair right now to listen to. And I was like, thank you. They're acting like Wisconsin's getting all the calls. But meanwhile, you get Danny Davis clearly going out of bounds, gets shoved out of bounds into 
a kicking net and they they don't mention anything about that and it's like all right cool thanks we, we i understand purdue is uh trying to pull the upset here but like can you not show favoritism and again i know it's tough because I'm talking to an announcer an announcer right here too and sometimes it's tough but like man just use common sense and and also, too, for some reason, Spencer Tillman would always have to make, like, a side comment during the play. And it's like, dude, you're wearing a microphone. They're going to pick up that noise. Like, twice there is, like, the Purdue quarterback was, like, making a throw. And you would hear him go, nice. So I, twice I had to hear, like, Brando would be describing what's happening during the play. And you'd hear, oh, nice. And it's like, yeah, if you're excited about that play call, great. Just store it up in your mind. And then when... Brando gets done talking about the play, then you can describe it and be, you know, color instead of giving your thoughts right as it's happening. It's like, just wait and then go. But I just hated how he used to make a little bit of the side comments. I could not get over it. But uh, another thing that makes me mad, so it is deer hunting season, you guys. So it is deer hunting season. Shout out to all the hunters out there. Be safe. Get yourself a good deer. Hopefully everything goes good. Um, but... If a small deer, like a fawn or like a really, really young buck, walks past your stand or wherever you're at, man, just let it go. Just wait for that deer to get older. Like, let him, like, another year. And, I mean, granted, maybe you won't ever see that deer again. Maybe some other dude shoots it. But it's like, just wait. Let let the deer get let the deer get a little bit older and, like, some more grow a little bit more. And, like, man, I know someone that, like, uh, I like a really small deer and it's like man you're only you're not even gonna get that much meat off it and it's just like just let it grow I mean, who knows maybe it'll stick around but and I know it's hard too because it's like if you sit out in a deer stand you want to get something obviously and it can get really boring just sitting out there and nothing happens and then all of a sudden something a deer walks by but it's like if it's really small just it, it ain't worth it it ain't worth it just let it go Another thing that makes me mad is um, also, too, I think targeting is really, to get back on the college football bandwagon, I think something needs to get done about the targeting rules. Uh, it's really hard, I feel like, for defensive backs when they're going into a play full speed for, like, a receiver drops his head slightly or moves it slightly and you don't have that time to adjust play goes under review and then you're kicked out of the game i don't think that's right i think it should be like how they have the personal foul set up so it's like in college football if you get two unsportsmanlike conducts um you're kicked out of the game first one's just like that's the first unsportsmanlike and then the second one you're gone and i think that's how it should be for targeting because i think it's dumb for Someone to come in on a ticky-tacky play. Some are outrageous and where it's like, yeah, no, kick them out of the game. But I feel like there should be two levels where it's like one's just like kind of a warning. Like it would be like a yellow card in soccer. Just like that's your first one. If you get another one, then you're gone. But like soccer has it really well where if it's like in a clearly like outrageous challenge that could clearly hurt someone and they give them a red card and they're gone. And then they would also miss the next match, too. And I think, honestly, college football should try to adopt that for targeting because it's just so hard for these guys. Sometimes you come in and 
the angle slightly gets changed, and then all of a sudden you're kicked out of the game, rest of the game, and then possibly suspended for the half on the next game too. And it's like that's just really tough for a player. So it's like if you give them like that warning, then maybe they won't go in so aggressively. But like some you can clearly tell where it's like, all right, they're head hunting, get them out the game. That was a really reckless play. Just kick them out. And I think it's just dumb that you slightly like change up your head. Uh, how you're going into a tackle, that could have a complete effect. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think they got to do something about the targeting rules. And I wish I would stop yawning. I don't know why I am yawning, but let's see here. I think I got one more that makes me mad. I'm going to save some more stuff for next week, possibly. And I think I'm going to go the Greg Jennings route here because Greg Jennings makes me mad because last Thursday, I got an alert about Greg Jennings wanting to just have five minutes off camera to talk with Aaron Rodgers. Because I don't know if you guys know this by now, but Aaron Rodgers and Greg Jennings are not on good terms. Why, you may ask? Because Greg Jennings can't shut his mouth. Greg Jennings has been talking a lot in the media about Aaron Rodgers, you know, questioning his leadership. And obviously, Aaron Rodgers is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. If anyone talks crap about him, obviously they're going to pick it up and run news stories on that. But it's frustrating because a lot of players come out and run like, no, I really like playing for Aaron Rodgers and don't give him the proper love. But instead they keep giving Greg Jennings attention because he keeps talking crap about it because for some reason Rodgers made a joke about Jennings going to be leaving at the end of the season and then Greg Jennings got all, uh, got all, must have got his, I don't know, uh, God, I was about to say something, and I was like, I don't know if that's appropriate enough to say on air, but he got his jersey in a bunch. I'll say that. He got his jersey in a bunch, and then uh, left to go to Minnesota, and then obviously, like, that's a traitor move. And then his career died because Aaron Rodgers pretty much made his career. Probably would have been a fine receiver, but Aaron Rodgers makes a lot of guys a lot better than they are. And so then he's been talking all this crap uh, online and, like, in radio, print. It's like... Why would one, why would Rogers give you the time of the day to want to talk? And it's like, if you do want to talk to him, you don't have to go on air and be like, yeah, I just want five minutes to talk with him. Just send him a text. Just, hey, can we clear the air? Clear the air? I want to talk things out or whatever. Like, that's a lot better than, like, going to the media. Because it's like that puts Rogers in an awkward spot. And it's just like, just hit him up. Like, don't seek the attention, as I t- talked about earlier. Like, don't seek the attention and wanting the clout and it's just like if you want someone to notice you just hit them up on your own and have a one-on-one conversation and it's like if you want that relationship back so bad then just talk to Aaron like I'm sure you have his phone number still like I don't understand like why you have to go to the media and try to get Rogers to talk about you and I don't get it man he just needs to just be quiet and just stop talking. If you want to be an analyst, that's fine. But, like, I just hate how it's always, oh, Rogers isn't that great of a leader because, oh, he made a bad joke one time. Or he made a joke that I didn't like. And it's just like he just constantly – him and Jermichael Finley are the only two guys that constantly talk about Rogers, negative about Rogers. Like, that entire squad, thinking back, like, you don't hear Nelson talk bad about anything. You don't hear Driver – 
Uh, James Jones is always defending Rodgers. Ryan Grant's been defending Rodgers. And it's like, it's just Jennings and Jermichael Finley. And I'm shocked Jermichael Finley can actually hold on to the beef because that's the only thing he was ever really able to hold on to in his time in Green Bay. He dropped a lot of passes. Good tight end, don't get me wrong, and I feel bad that his injury was cut short. But you want, I just love how Rodgers came out and was like, yeah, no, I'm such a bad teammate. I don't care about Jermichael Finley. Not like I wasn't in the hospital with him when he had that really bad hit that almost ended his career, and I stayed with him in the hospital. It's like, that's my quarterback. Ah, it's your Michael Finley. Could not catch anything in Green Bay, but then he's got to blame Rodgers for it. Like, you know how many good throws he just dropped of Rodgers because he couldn't catch the football? Tight end, supposed to catch the football. And also, to the Packers made me mad as well, too. They go play Sunday night football, get embarrassed on national television. I don't know what it is with them boys going to Southern California, but they just do not play good football. Especially... Like, them, they just haven't looked good ever since the Chargers game where they got beat. And then, like, they played the Panthers at home, and they didn't look that great during that. And then they got the brakes beat off them by the Niners. You thought the bye week would help, but then they're going to play the Redskins and Giants, and, you know, they should kind of beat up on those teams a little bit. Then you get Packer, and then you get Lions, Bears, and Vikings. Not in that order, but all three tough games. So we'll have to see how them boys survive. If they can get a first-round bye or even get into the playoffs because still don't have the playoffs locked up just yet. But anyway, I think that's going to do it for what makes me mad this week. So I appreciate you guys listening, uh, whether on the radio or on uh, the podcast form. Shout-out to the podcast form, by the way. I've been kind of going up in views. It's kind of exciting. I had five two weeks ago, and then I had six last week. So maybe I'll get seven. Who knows? Who knows? But it's been going up by like one each time. So I'm like, come on, let's start getting them views back up. So, yeah, this has been What Makes Me Mad uh, on the podcast form. I might, actually, now that I think about it, I might have a guest come on, and I might tack on the interview uh, to the end of it, so, um, it won't be for radio, so, I'll, in the meantime, I'll throw it back to, uh, radio right now, this has been What Makes Me Mad on 91.7 The Edge, thank you. Alright, and anyway, if you're on the podcast form still, um, I might have a guest possibly come on, uh, and I'll record an interview, and maybe I'll put it on here, or I might just do a separate episode with it, but anyway, we'll see. So if it's uh, not going to have the interview, then thank you for listening. If not, you know, still thank you for listening. But anyway, yeah, so this has been What Makes Me Mad on Monday. So thank you.